Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. That was two years ago, mate. Get over it. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just when we search, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. It is Friday, October the 19th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. I am Will Anderson. And I am Charlie Clawson. So you've just changed the intro, is it? Because it's the off-season. It's normally my name is, but you've you've, you've ditched the M&M and you've gone to I am. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe in the off-season, you know, you just cut out some of the formality. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I think people know that when I say I'm Will Anderson, that, that I'm saying my name is Will Anderson. <laughs> so, look, I didn't... To be honest, Charlie, I'm thrown by the fact that we're doing this podcast in October. Yeah, it's weird. That's what I'm throwing... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's hot. It's hot. I'm up in Sydney. It's hot. I'm wearing a singlet. The sea breeze is blowing. My computer broke 10 minutes before we were to record this podcast over Skype. So I'm actually doing this with my iPad and I'm I'm not happy. I'm not happy with the setup because I'm having to lean my iPad up against a few books to try and get the angle right. But it's looking up my nose, isn't it? I'm looking at the, the ca- my camera and I can see that you're sort of pointing towards my forehead and up my nose. And I'm, I'm just trying to change the angle, but I can't quite get it right. Well, here's what I will say, Charlie. Firstly, is you look, you've come dressed to the podcast like an AFL player. <laughs> On his off-season trip. Yeah, you totally. look like if they've got some footage of like one of the AFL players around a pool in Vegas. Bali. They've gone over, they've, they've, gone, yeah, they've gone to Bali. They've had to do a medical on a player who's being traded. And uh, you are the Ryan Burton of this podcast. <laughs> they've caught you mid, mid-off-season and you've had to submit to a medical. You're like, hey, can you give me 48 hours before you do any urine tests? That's what you've come dressed as. You know what I love is um, when the player who uh, has just been drafted or traded, sorry, uh, they'll get a they'll get a statement from him. His agent will release a statement for the press, and it's like I love it. So in between, like a forty eight hour bender, this player has got on the phone with his manager and garbled something about like you know thanking the club for their years of support, but looking forward to new opportunities. As his mates are yelling from the balcony, "Hey, do you think we can throw this mattress into the pool down below?" Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, external mumbled voice, inaudible mumble, yeah. mumble, 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 fuckhead, mumble, mumble. Yeah. <laughs> So, trade period has finished. Um, trade period has quickly become uh, one of my favourite parts of the off-season. Um, I'm a big fan of, of, uh, of the whispers, who's going where. I'm a big fan of the machinations, the, the ducks and drakes, the Game of Thrones-style uh, mind games. Uh, who do you think, Will, of all the list managers is probably... Who is the little finger of the trade period? Is it Stephen Silvani? Is it... The Doritos from Essendon? Adrian Doritos? Adrian Doritos from the Essendon Football Club. Well, Adrian Doritos nearly didn't get his little fingers on what he wanted, so I'm not sure that it is Adrian Doritos. I liked, I've got to say, I've got to say that, what's uh, the name of, uh, uh, what's the dwarf, uh, what, what's his, Tyrone, Tyrone, Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister, Like, yeah. I think. I think Peter Bell was the Tyrion Lannister of yes. this period. That's what I was saying. A Drunk. lot of bold proclamations, a lot of random sort of ways of negotiating deals. You never knew what quite was going on. Yeah, that's right. You'd find him in a brothel, often making his decisions. Yep. <laughs> 
It was uh, full of intrigue, this trade period. Like, I actually was... I love... Um, uh, I've been getting into trade radio quite a bit, and I've been amazed by just how many shit ads I will put up with for a three-minute burst of some trade radio chat. Well, this is the thing about trade radio is essentially it's two weeks of radio full-time speculating. Yeah. Because it's, it's essentially if instead of Game of Thrones, they ran like a two-week, 12-hour-a-day speculation show, new show, mm. on what might happen in Game of Thrones. So, Will, are you saying for a short period of time, two people record discussion about football that is not based on fact at all? <laughs> and oh, they have... Oh, my God, we've been doing Trey Radio <laughs> weekly. <laughs> and we can't get a friggin' sponsor. These guys are sponsors every five minutes. I mean, that is the worst part about Trade Radio, is it's three minutes of chat for fucking ten minutes of ads. So I'll often listen to it while I'm doing something else, and I got very good at timing, all right, I'll just take the headphones off for the next five minutes and put them back on. And I got into the rhythm of when they would have the ad break, so I could manage to cut all the ads out. Well, I like to listen to Trade Radio without the ads. So I, what I do... Because they t- tend to post the podcast almost immediately after the shows have actually been completed. Right. So I'll end up listening to the podcast of like, you know, the three hours they did, which ends up being like an hour, hour and a half or whatever once they take out all the ads. And it's the best because often in the five minutes after they finish their show, a trade they've just been speculating on for three hours has gone through. <laughs> so you get to see three hours of people coming up with horrible theories for something that either did or didn't happen five yeah. minutes previously. There's no way Dylan Scheel is going to Essendon. They're too far back in the back. Yep. He's definitely going to Carlton. Oh, hang on. No, he's, no, he's gone to Essendon. And you guys are going to speculate about this Carlton thing for another 45 minutes. Did you hear... I mean, look, I know you love Damien Barrett. I feel like I don't like Damien Barrett because he doesn't... Chief football writer at afl.com.au now. But did you hear when Terry Wallace basically fellated him over his Dane Beam story? Did you hear that, like, exchange where it was, like, a couple days after the Dane Beam story had broken? And uh, so Purple broke it, and then I think the Herald's son, Mark Robinson in particular, disputed it, and then everyone came to accept that, yes, it was fact. And Wallace... The next day on the radio, like stood up for Damien Barrett in a way that was kind of like, it's kind of like the way the press secretary for the US president will defend him. Like when it's not needed, it's like, who are you trying to carry favor with? Like, is Terry Wallace looking to get a column next year on AFL.com? Yeah, Terry Wallace really did come out like the Iraqi information minister. Yeah. (laughs) There was a lot of him just going... You're fantastic. You You've are. done a great job. No one you breaks break stories story. better than and you. If I hear anybody else say they broke this story, I'm going to spew up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What, who was your favorite um, trade radio team? Uh, well, there was a certain... Here's what I do love is that... like I'm a Sam McClure fan in a yeah. general sense, but Sam McClure clearly is trying to step up to that next level of being, you know, you know, football personality, Sam McClure, right? So he's yeah. in that transition period from like junior reporter to be, like trying to establish himself as a fully fledged football personality. And some of the segments that they had on their show went uh, Sam McClure and uh, Nick Del Santo, like some of the regular segments they had on their show were just incomprehensible nonsense. Like they would go, and this is our segment. It's the Ron Burgundy, like read the teleprompter. I'm like, what is the point of this? Like, I know yeah. that, is the point of this segment that you all liked Anchorman <laughs> and that it's trade? Ra- I can't work out what the point of this segment is. 
There were so many confused metaphors. What I think they really struggled with, which is what I love, because it's quite rare for football commentators, especially an ex-footballer, is that they tried very hard to create that sort of, ah, turn it up kind of footy bloke banter. But both of them are quite nice guys where that kind of like giving each other shit and bullying on it didn't come naturally. So they would try and bully each other. But it was like two positively charged ions trying to act kind of like bullies. Like neither of them is a Sam Newman. So it didn't quite work. But I love would listen to the awkward exchanges where they tried to push each other around or like, you know, whose teeth are whiter? You know, whose hair is combed better? <laughs> Right. It's two nerds just like who are essentially just massive, massive, like lovely, yeah. but massive nerds yeah. trying to pretend they're, they're, they're these ocker footy blokes and they're yeah. not in any no. way. So no. I got to say, I had a real affection for that show. But, and also they were in the most terrible part of the day, nine till 12. Just nothing good going on there. You've already had your breakfast show that's kind of done the what happened the day before and you know kind of backed over that and set the agenda for the day. And then nine till 12. Just no one's doing a trade nine to twelve. Yeah, like even if you're getting a trade, or or, or you pay, or or their big breaking stories would be, uh, you know, St Kilda have uh, swapped pick seventy eight yeah. for Port Adelaide's pick seventy nine. So there's our <laughs> breaking story of the morning. Turn it up, your teeth are white. Oh, yeah, I loved when you'd get someone calling in to any of the shows who would say like. Um, you know, I just want to put this on the table. What if we traded uh, Jack Loney and pick 78 for Patrick Dangerfield? <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Like, where do you think that deal is going to happen? I was playing a drinking game during Trade Radio, which was uh, I would drink every time there was a female caller. Yeah. Anyway, so it turns out I've been doing Oxober. <laughs> Oxober. <laughs> there was not one. I don't think I heard a female caller ring Trade Radio. Like... AFL football is followed at games about 50% men and women, right? Mm. It is, that's one of the great things about the games that has a huge female following. But trade radio has got a skewed 95% men. Well, is that more, is that less of a, is that more of a, less of a gender thing and more of a nerd thing? Because to follow the AFL season into trade radio, that is when you are getting, like you're going to shed a lot of the mainstream fans and you're getting into the hardcore niche stats kind of fans the kind of dudes who add up the draft what is it the the the, the, the draft point system which i still don't understand so like two second rounders adds up to 1500 points which is one first rounder like that kind of shit i still don't quite get that um yeah i basically what you're saying is that women aren't pathetic enough <laughs> To continue to be this interested in it. They basically go, no, 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 no. Remember a couple of weeks ago we had the grand final, which was the premier match of the entire season? That's the thing that you're most, meant to be most excited about. And then we're done and we stop thinking about footy for a while. But we're like, no, no, no. What I need is 12 hours a day of speculation. <laughs> And guess what? After that, I'm going to go to each club's individual website and start reading training reports around about late November. <laughs> Time trial results. Who's running a PB? Basically, you get about two weeks of a break from AFL. Um, should we? How, how should we go about this today, do you think? Because just we should go down the list. Start with Adelaide and finish at uh, West Coast Eagles. Okay, so I've gone to the... AFL.com.au uh, website, uh, you know, obviously now obviously curated by Purple. I don't know if Purple's taken over yet. I don't know if this is the, you know, got the hand of Barrett all over it or whether this is still old guard and Barrett's going to come in and make some changes. But uh, uh, Adelaide, 
Uh, it says here on the screen, Charlie, uh, in Shane McAdam, yep. Tyson Stengel. Is he Stengel? Stengler. Stengel. Stengel. He's Stengel, right? I yeah. always see his name written down and I go, is he Stengel or is he Stengley? Yeah, if, you, like if St- he was Mark, <laughs> Mark LaCroix's cousin, he'd be Tyson Stengley. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might need to be, but luckily I can tell people stay tuned because we have an exclusive interview with the retiring Mark, Mark oh, McCraw when we get to that. that. Un- that's unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> Not like this show to flog a dead horse. <laughs> a very indicative of this podcast that as soon as something actually catches on with the audience, that player retires. <laughs> Uh, so, in Shane McAdam, Ty- Tyson Stengley, St- uh, pick 13, 2019 fifth round pick. Okay. Before we get to the outs, let me ask you, do you All know right. who any of those players are? Shane McAdam or Tyson Stengel? Yeah, Shane McAdam uh, was, um, he's uh, the North Melbourne uh, forward. Uh, Is he related to, to Gilbert? Gilbert, Gilbert yeah. or Adrian? <laughs> no. no. No? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know who Shane McAdam is. Okay. What about Tyson I don't know Stingle? if he's part of the McAdams family is what you're speculating. They actually just got him to the club to bring something extra to the song. They feel after last year that yeah. the song was the problem. So they're yeah. bringing in uh, one of the members of the McAdams family to just give the Adelaide Crows song a little <laughs> clicky action. Uh yeah, I don't know who they are or who they used to play for. Tyson Stengel or Shane McAdam. Do you know who? Uh, Tyson, was Tyson at, uh, he strikes Geelong? me as being a Richmond player. Uh, oh, maybe he was at Geelong. I God, we're good at this. Okay. I mean, but also, this is off the back of two people who listen to trade radio every day. <laughs> <laughs> and still have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, no, yeah. So Tyson Stengel, Stengley. Yeah. Uh, was a Richmond player, so okay. one of the Tigers leaving there. Um, so and uh, Shane McAdam. Uh, let me see if I can find who Shane McAdam is. Shane McAdam. Ten things you might not know about Shane McAdam is the first thing that came up. Uh, number one is who is Shane McAdam? Uh, here is this is from the Adelaide Crows uh, site on Shane McAdam. Uh, here's ten things you'll need to know about him. Um, Shane was born in Halls Creek a remote town in northeast Western Australia in the East Kimberley region. He's studying at TAFE to be an electrical apprentice. So he's been drafted from TAFE. Uh, He was studying for a test when he found out he was invited to the 2018 draft combine. McAdam is a famous name in football. Shane is the nephew of Central District's 1989 McGarry medalist and former St Kilda Brisbane star, Gilbert Gilbert McAdam. So nephew... Yep. Nephew, yeah. And he is also the nephew of former North Melbourne player, Adrian, Adrian McAdam. Yeah. And his oh. cousin, Sam Padrewski seaton is currently playing at Carlton. He previously supported the Brisbane Lions. Shane enjoys returning to Halls Creek, uh, where you'll most likely find him fishing. Uh, at the 2015 WA State Combine, Shane equaled the running vertical. Okay, yeah, he did well. Um, <clears throat> after being looked out, uh, yep, okay, blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay, so he's been playing. Oh, okay. So this is one of the, I think, those one of those drafts of you swap a, a pick and you get an established player from the minor uh, leagues. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, you know one of these ones? Yeah. So because he is, it says here, he's moved to Adelaide to play for Scotch Old Collegians in Division Two of the Adelaide Football and then Sturt in the Sample. So okay. 
I mature think age, yeah. mature age recruit. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. Out. Uh, Mitch McGovern. Yeah. Uh, the lesser talented McGovern. Uh, picks 40, 68, 2019 third round pick, 2019 fourth round pick. So what do you reckon? I mean, don't really know anything about these other two players. Mitch McGovern was okay, wasn't he? So break even. Yeah. But- we, we need to work out a scoring system. Let's not follow the, uh, the newspapers and the AFL website who score it, you know, A, B, C, D. Let's come up with our own. So we'll give it, we'll give it uh, how many cups out of three? <laughs> Do you give that? Oh. Three cups? <laughs> I give that um, two cups. Two, two cups. cups out of three. Yeah. 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 Because I guess um, the Bulldogs yeah, have I, two cups, the Saints have one. So it's out of three cups. Uh, okay. I'll yeah. give it I'll give it one and a half cups. AFL.com.au have given it a win. Strengthening draft hand while adding pace in the forward line. No, they do win and um, lose. They, I don't, they yeah. give their verdict down the oh, bottom. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, win and lose, you're right. So um, they lose the quality forward who can be a match winner. Um, all right, so the verdict. A big win in the Mitch McGovern trade, bringing in pick 13 and securing Samful talent Shane McAdam, seen by many as an early re- second-round selection. Identified a need with South Australian small forward Ty- Tyson Stengel. So, okay, there you go. He's, they're bringing someone back to South Australia. Uh, gave up very little. Still in a position to bundle a number of sections to get the Suns talking on picks two or three. I uh, gave them a seven out of ten. All right, okay, not bad. Okay, so they've got an eight and a th- eight and a thirteen and a sixteen, which they can probably give to the Suns for one of their early draft picks, right? Is that what they're sort of yeah. saying? Well, what Couple they of first want. Rounders. The trade radio talk seemed to be that Adelaide want to be in the draft high because there is a couple of superstar South Australian talents at the top end of this draft that Adelaide want to get their hands on. Isn't it kind of funny, though, that all this discussion about, like, oh, let's get our hands on these South Australian talent. Has anyone asked the kids? I mean, a lot of my mates are from Adelaide. They couldn't wait to get out of Adelaide. <laughs> like, one of these kids are like, shut the fuck up. I could be moving to the Gold Coast. I'm 19 years old. This yeah. could be the greatest fucking move of my life. Mate, I can go straight from schoolies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even have to change my plans. I mean, it's actually going to save me money because I only need an air flight up there now, not one back to South Australia. This is brilliant. I mean, if I get the sons to commit to me now, I can probably sleep on the floor at their change rooms. I don't have to get a hotel. Save heaps of cash. It is right on the beach. <laughs> you don't understand. And no pressure. Have you lived in Adelaide? All they talk about is football. The pressure, being an Adelaide coach. Like, literally, I'm, I'm, I've got a chance of going to a place that no one will know who I am. That suits my personality. <laughs> Fuck off, you motherfuckers. All right. Brisbane. In. Now, the first one here, Marcus Adams. Yeah, what the fuck I happened there? I am very there? familiar with. I saw Marcus Adams play his first game with you a couple of years ago. Was it like three, two years ago? And I was like, he's this big-bodied, mature defender. He seems really good. And then all he wanted to do since he arrived was fuck off. He tried to get back to WA last year, and then he's gone. I mean, how much does he hate the Bulldogs that he tried to get to the the two furthest distances away he can, Queensland or WA? He was like, he actually first wanted to get drafted to China until they told (laughs) him they only play one game a year there. He was like, like, oh, sorry. He was learning Mandarin. He would just be in the change rooms. Bevo would see him with like uh, uh, learning Mandarin. Um, he just obviously didn't like the Bulldogs at all, which worries me a bit because he just wanted to get out. Because initially you were like, well, maybe he's homesick. You know, there was talk about him going back to Western Australia. Okay, I'm fine with that. I can deal with that. But <laughs> we were so much better with him in the team. Like he was our version of a McGovern. Like McGovern, he's totally. Just one of those, 
He's got really safe hands. Like, always seemed really composed. We always played so much better when he was in the team. And he just wanted to go anywhere but the Bulldogs. That yeah. is... I don't know why that is. Apart from earlier on in this season where he signed a three-year contract. There was a week where he was like, oh, no, no, no. I want to stay here for three years. Oh, no, back to wanting to go anywhere but here. It is kind of strange, isn't it? Because of all the coaches in the league, like Bevo seems to be like one of the ones who has the best relationship with the players. Like even though your form has been kind of iffy the last two years, Everyone seems to love Bevo. Maybe Marcus Adams just wasn't... Maybe Marcus Adams wasn't into the kind of honesty sessions and the skateboarding and the listening to groovy music and stuff. Maybe Marcus Adams is a real square, man. Marcus Adams is like, that's really irresponsible to skateboard, actually. Yeah. You're the coach and leader of a major organization. And I just don't think that's appropriate. You're a fully grown man. You're old enough to be my dad. And you get about on a skateboard, cutting your own hair. I don't like it. And I'm never going to like it. And you draft me to as far away from here as possible right now. All right. So in Marcus Adams. Uh, Lincoln McCarthy. Who's Lincoln McCarthy? Uh, no idea. Lincoln McCarthy. I think he plays for Geelong. <laughs> that's okay. going to be... Lincoln that's McCarthy. My, but, that's my default. Yeah. No, he played for Geelong. You're right. I was right. So, okay, great. Yep. A fresh start for Lincoln McCarthy. Um... Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Geelong guy, good-looking rooster from the picture that came up immediately, adding a bit of, uh, you know, sex appeal to the team. <laughs> Which and is high on the consideration of what you need to draft in. You need some midfield silk, you need some grunt in the forward half, and you need a good-looking rooster. <laughs> you know, I just like the idea that they've gone to the draft table and they've gone, we've looked at our list composition and we feel like we've got the inside uh, team that we need. We've got some outside runners. We're really straightening it up. With Adams coming in, we've got some good defense down back. But you know what? We have got a lot of Ugmos. Ugmos? I feel like we're just chock full of Ugmos. Yeah. And we really just need someone who's well, better looking. I mean, we looked at the team photo this year and it was like a collection of guys with faces like a bucket full of busted crabs. <laughs> oh, it was like an advertisement for World of Warcraft. Like, <laughs> seriously, we just need a couple of good looking roosters. I mean, look at our captain. Face like a drop pie. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like we, and we've just got rid of Dame Beams. He, he counted at our club as one of the good-looking guys. And let's be honest, he's not even that good-looking. He's a bit of an Ugmo himself on a Richmond list. <laughs> All right, so they got in Adams, McCarthy, and Neil. What draft picks? Yeah, Lockie Neil. What draft picks they swapped for? Uh, so, uh, and they got in picks 18, 30, 35, 56, 78, uh, 2009 first round pick, 2019 second round pick, 2019 third round pick. So That's pretty whole sweet. A whole bunch of picks. That's pretty sweet. Um, and Lockie Neal's a good player. Lockie Neal's won the Frio best and fairest twice. He's a, he's a very good footballer. So if he wants to go to Brisbane, then you're happy with that. Uh, yeah. Out of Brisbane, uh, Dane Beams, which is their big loss, of course. Um, Sam Mays, uh, picks 5, 24, 43, 62, 80, and the 2019 first-round pick. So they were swapping picks all over the place, Brisbane. Yeah. I mean, that to me seems like, I'm going to say that's a, that's a three-cup win because they, okay, they lose Dane Beans, but he is 27. They get Lockie Neal, which I think is a good younger upgrade on Dane Beams, or at least an, a younger equivalent of Dane Beams. Plus, they... 
next year they've got a first and second and third round draft pick from two other clubs. That's amazing. I mean, to me, it feels like a, a win for Brisbane. I mean, if they hadn't lost Beams, it would be a huge win. But let, I reckon it's a win anyway. I reckon that's a good, a good result. And if they, if Beams didn't want to be there anymore, and Lockie Neal clearly does want to be there, I think that's a good result for them. You know, mm. quality for quality, and they picked up some other good players. So, uh, what did they say? Uh, the verdict here on um, uh, afl.com.au. This is what uh, Mitch Cleary had to say. Oh, no, Nick Bowen wrote this one. Uh, The Lions had to work hard to get their number one target, Lockie Neal, but we'll be thrilled to welcome the dual premiership best and fairest winner to the Gabba. Although his addition is offset somewhat by Beam's departure, Neal, 25, is three years younger than the former Lions captain. Yeah, I think uh, Beam's is 28. And I heard one of the commentators on Trade Radio go, look, he's 28. And he's 29 going into next season. And look, if he doesn't have a good season next season, essentially, you know, you've wasted all this recruiting a 30-year-old. And I was like, not really. Like, he still plays next season, regardless. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) You don't don't fast forward a year. Yeah. Yeah, well, it turns out if Gary Ablett plays for another 10 years, you've recruited a (laughs) 45-year-old. What are you doing? Um, uh, So, Neil's younger. Brisbane, uh, blah, blah, blah. They Former get Marcus Bulldogs, Adams. Defender, Marcus Adams. Lincoln McCarthy, Shapers, Healthy Additions. Gave him an 8 out of 10. So I think our three-cup result, that's not too bad. Okay. Uh, Carlton are next, or as I like to think of them, uh, the GWS seconds. It's good. It'll be like when we, in the cricket we got to see Australia play Australia A that one year. Mm. This year we'll get to see GWS play the GWS seconds <laughs> at some stage during the season. Uh, in Mitch McGovern, which is a big recruit for them, Alex Fasolo, uh, Will Setterfield, and Nick Newman, uh, pick 71, 2019 third round pick. So McGovern could be huge for them. Like he's, he's a, obviously a really good player um, and, you know, uh, looking for a new opportunity. Um, Alex Fasolo was a really good player, probably getting towards the end of his career for Solo, but yeah. I don't know how. Well, he's had his issues, hasn't he, with like uh, yep. mental health and stuff. So maybe a fresh start uh, at Carlton will help him. Yeah, I think so. I've always liked for Solo as a player. He was a gun like about three him. or four years ago. It's also a hard position that small forward because the trends, the trends in football change so quickly, don't you reckon? For small forwards, like now, it's like a, you've got to be a tackling machine, five tackles a game if you're playing in the forward line. And I don't know that that necessarily suits him. Oh, okay. This surprises me. What? I've gone to the Carlton Football Club's getting to know uh, Alex Fasolo page. Mm. Uh, how old is Alex Fasolo, do you think? 27. Oh, okay. You were closer than me. I was going to think he was like 29 or something. He's 26. All oh, right. Um, so he could still have some decent football yeah. left in him for sure. Well, you know, that, that could be like a Sean Higgins type move, don't you reckon? Not that he was ever as good yeah. as Sean Higgins, but... He could find he could find another five years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I reckon um, that, that's a good recruit for Carlton. Uh, well done. Okay. And he and for Solo, like traditionally in terms of like Carlton names, like Jezelinko, Silvani, for Solo, you know, it, it kind of suits Carlton. I think for Solo, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, uh, they got Will Setterfield uh, from GWS, who was a high pick originally and was on a huge amount of money, but uh, didn't pay a lot of football at the GWS. Um, and Nick Newman. Nick Newman. Who's Nick Newman? Where's he from? Uh, I'm going to say Richmond? No, Geelong. 
He's from Geelong. <laughs> uh, Nick Newman came from the uh, uh, Swans. Nick Newman. Never heard of him. No, me neither. Um, all right. Uh, out, Nathan Kruger. Yep. Yep. Uh, Shane McAdam. Oh, Shane McAdam. Okay. <laughs> so Shane McAdam was obviously on the Carlton Was he like rookie uh, listed or list. something? Yeah, uh, picks 26, 28, 43, 2019 second round pick, 2019 fourth round pick, 2019 fifth round pick. So it's kind of weird. They've they've basically traded out this draft, which by all accounts runs very deep, Will. I'm not sure if you've uh, heard, but apparently it's a, it's a very deep draft. Very, It's a super draft, potentially a super draft. But um, they've basically got pick one and then nothing till the fourth round. I don't know. And do you think that the players that they've traded in was worth giving away their second and third round picks? For Solo, McGovern, Setterfield? I, I guess they just need to get some experience in, right? Like yeah. they're at that point where they, they, you know, they've had a lot of high draft picks and stuff like that, but they, and they've got all these like GWS kids, but they probably need some experienced heads around the club. So, um, yeah, it is a, a bit of a weird one because they've got picks one and then they don't have another pick until pick 69. I mean, you know, obviously they, they'd be very happy with pick 69. You can actually draft two players at pick 69. They present them to you in the 69 position. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. You know how like they line up the top 10 draft picks and hand them their Guernseys? It's the top 10 draft picks and then nothing to the fourth round and then the two players pick 69, get up, drop their dax and assume the 69 position. <laughs> I mean, in my head, they were still fully clothed, but you've oh, added an extra element to it. <laughs> well, to probably 69, Will, don't you have to? 69? I didn't think that they were actually doing it to each other. I think that would be unfair to get two kids who might not even know each other, might be from completely different states, mm. you know, these sort of things, to suddenly have to do that. I was thinking more just your sort of comical, you know, sort of one's walking and holding the other one's legs sort of situation. Yeah. I mean, I guess this discussion here proves <laughs> yeah. why Two Guys, One Cup hasn't had more mainstream success. <laughs> like, Friday Front Bar has just gone nuts. And it's like, well, we do football and comedy. But that right there shows why we just do a podcast. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what do you reckon? Out of, cup, out of three cups? One and a half cups. They get into ex- experience, but they, uh, they sold the farm on a potential super draft. I'm going to give them two cups. Okay. Um, what did Mark McGowan give them? Missing out on Shield was a disappointment. Yeah, that what probably was a disappointment. But they secured a key forward, McGovern, the number five pick from 2016, Will Setterfield. So that's their, you know, you've you got a player that you hope you can turn. That's a high draft pick they've got in mm. who they think that they can make into, you know, the player that he's meant to be. Um, a free agent with upside, Alex Fasolo, and a reliable defender, Nick Newman. Uh, who won the McGovern trade is up for the debate, but Carlton need experience and a better target and attack and delivered on that front. Setterfield might be the best of the lot. The Blues are still open to shopping the number one pick, effectively Sam Walsh, for the right deal, and their current next selection isn't until 69 which isn't ideal, but gives them the option under new IFL rules of drafting two players <laughs> arranged in the 69 position. It's weird that they point that out. But ultimately, their list will be stronger in 2019. And 
Yeah, okay. okay. Well, he I, gives them a I, I will reassess my, my rating out of three cups if they do trade number one and get back into the sec- first. If they, if they get two first round selections, then I'll give them two and a half cups. Okay. Um, Collingwood, let's go to the pies. Um, in picks 41, 44, 57, Dame Beams and Jordan Roughhead. Out. Alex Fasolo picks 1856-75 and the 2019 first round pick. Um, so, uh, okay, well, what's what's good? So, Dane Beam's back to Collingwood. That gives them now probably the best midfield in the competition. Although, West Coast, you know, with putting Gaff back into that grand final team, you could argue as well. But... Mm. That's big for Collingwood, adding a player the quality of Dane Beams into that team. You know, yeah. puts, keeps them right up there in the business end of it next year, you'd think. So they lost their first round pick from this year and from next year, and Alex Fasolo, and then third and fourth round pick. That's not a lot. Well, I guess the first round for depends on where... If they have a similar season to this year, then it's not, it's not a huge loss, is it? Like pick 18 and probably similar next year. Well, it's pick 18 this year, and and that's if, you know, they don't bang other, you know, fucking draft incentives and whatever in there. But let's say that's what it is, pick 18. Yeah. And then you hope that you finish high enough that it's, you know, that high again the next year. So and 41, you bring in a guy 40, who's... You bring 41, in Dame Beams, yeah. who you're like... And Jordan whoever Rand. you pick at pick 18, you're probably not going to get anyone as good as Dame Beams. And Jordan Roughhead... Jordan Roughhead is a, not a bad in as well. And they've sort of strengthened their position in the third round. Because I think 41 is maybe the end of the second round. And 44, 57 sounds like third round. I'm not exactly sure on that. Um, considering that they didn't, they probably didn't know they're on the market for Dane Beams until that second, you know, half a trade week. Uh, I'll give them, I'm going to give them two and a half cups. I never like to give away things that I hear in my work life that I shouldn't know. Mm. But I would be... It's been very interesting listening to Trade Week and hearing everybody be so confident about the way things are and how these things come together, particularly around Dame Beams, because I've had some small visibility around what's been happening with Dame Beams and how long it might have been happening with Dame Beams. And all I will say is... That you hear these, it makes you doubt everything you hear on Trade Radio, Charlie. Right. <laughs> when you know the truth of how these things might be going down. But um, here's what I would say Jordan Roughhead, I was always a big fan of his at the Bulldogs. I'd like really good bloke and, you know, seemed like one of those players that, yeah, always gave his best. Never could f- kind of find that perfect slot for him, I don't think. And mm. he was hurt by the change in the ruck rules. Like in our premiership year, he played in that grand final with like, you know, real damage to his eye and like all sorts of, you know, he was a real yeah hero of the club. But it, it felt like we just, either he just wanted to go or the Bulldogs wanted him to go because we were willing to do that deal on the gum tree method. Yeah, Essentially, right. other clubs were coming to us going, what picks do you want for Jordan Roughhead? And we were like, oh, no, no, no. If you just come and get him, <laughs> you can have him for free. <laughs> We just we just need to get him out of here. So if you can come and pick him up, he's yours. So well, verdict. One of the hardest. This is uh, Mark McGowan. One of the hardest. Yeah, clubs- I give him three. By the way, I reckon you this is three. a big win for Collingwood. Okay. One of the hardest clubs to rate from the trade period. Every club would love to add beams in the midfield, but the pies. Did the pies really need him, and especially at that price? 
Ruffy was originally linked to West Coast, but Collingwood's interest in him spiked towards the end of last week, and he can play a role in defence in the ruck if required. The ex-Bulldogs, not in May's class, but the Magpies needed some more height in the back line, so mission accomplished. Some of their best work came in re-signing Darcy Moore. Yeah, that, that goes without saying, and Tom Langdon, who both at least considered a move to the Harbour City, for Solo had fallen well out of favour. Yeah, you're right. Now I read that. I'm, I'm going to stick to two and a half because I never change my mind on anything, Will. Once I make a decision, I'm categoric in that decision and nothing will change my mind ever. I didn't know we were allowed to give halves. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been giving halves the whole show. I know, but I was paying too much attention to my own rating system to realize that you were ranking in halves, which would have made it a much more nuanced. I've been trying to jam them into three categories, which isn't always the nuance that you need. But yeah, I think they did well. I mean, if they'd lost Langdon... I thought he just really, like, he was turning into a very, very good player. And, you know, they, they held on to him. They didn't land a really big fish like a May or a Lynch in the end. But I actually think they, they got what they need. Bombers. In. Dylan Scheel. A 2019 second round pick and a 2019 fourth round pick. Out. Travis Collier to West Coast. Or was it Frio? One of the West Australian teams. Pick nine. A 2019 first round pick. So... The Dylan Shield thing, first first and foremost. Uh, considering that they were like, what, third in line behind, in terms of money, behind the Saints and, and, and Carlton and Hawthorne in there as well, that is pretty amazing. So they outpointed two clubs based on finances and they outpointed another club based on pure reputation and, and you know, super coach and, and chance at playing finals. It really actually is the logical choice. If I was Dylan Shield of those four clubs, I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm getting a bit more money than Hawthorne and they're kind of in the window of playing finals. Yeah, I think so. I think, I, I think you know, I can see why Shield will go to Essendon. I didn't think they were going to get it done for a while. Essendon, Charlie, I don't know if you picked this up on Trade Radio uh, from the time, the fact that it was mentioned every 15 minutes, but notoriously hard to deal with in the trade period, Essendon. Uh, Adrian Dorito has a reputation for uh, making a hard deal, and I didn't think that they were going to get it done in the end, but um, they went very early on sort of announcing that he was going to Essendon and then almost didn't get the deal done. Yeah, it's kind of weird though, isn't it? It's, it was so, it's like when, when GWS and Gold Coast posture... It's always adorable, isn't it? It's kind of like when they postured over Tom Boyd. There's no way Tom Boyd is going back to Victoria. It's like, all right, <laughs> okay, buddy. We'll just, shh, it's quiet time. We'll let the little a week go by and let's see how nervous you get. Yeah, Tony Cochran learned to negotiate from watching Get Smart. Yeah. <laughs> Would you believe? <laughs> uh, I mean, this is this is nothing but a win, just by the fact that they weren't really... They're kind of well-placed already. They're not really lacking in anything else. They didn't have to give up too much. They didn't really have to give up anything. Pick nine. Pick nine and next year's first round pick. If they finish in the top four, like that'll be nothing. So that's three cups to me. I think Essendon are the big winners. Big winners for me. Yeah, I reckon they've done pretty well, Essendon. You know, they, they landed the man they, they wanted and they didn't give, you know, too much away. That's a big win. I'm going to give them two and a half cups. Nick Bowen says, uh, having won the four-club race for GWS midfield star Dylan Shield, the Bombers averted a potential disaster when they finally completed a trade just 10 minutes before the 8.30pm deadline. The Dons paid a high price, having to give up two first-round picks as part of the deal, but Shield was not... Uh, but, 
But Shiel was not the most sought-after midfielder in this year's trade period for no reason. A prolific ball winner and damaging runner, he will immediately strengthen an Essendon on-ball division that's shaped as one of the weak spots in the club's list. The Shiel acquisition is enough on its own to make the Bombers' trade period a huge success. I agree. I agree. Fuck you. Yeah, Bombers. and by the way, that wasn't your fault that you stumbled over that. That's bad writing, Nick Bowen. Too many negatives in that sentence. Yeah, double negatives. Confusing. Trip me up. Uh, on to a club we love, we know so much about. Uh, it's the Fremantle Dockers. Is that right? Am I reading that right? The Fremantle Dockers. <laughs> um, I'm, I assume it must be a misprint. They're doctors, <laughs> yeah. I assume. Um, okay, Frio. In Travis Collier, Reese Conker, Jesse Hogan, Rory Lobb, picks 14, 31, 43, and 65. Out Lockie Neal. Out pick six, 2019 third round pick, 2019 fourth round pick. Um, now, they copped a lot of shit. Can you explain to me? I wasn't really paying that much attention when the first rejection of Jesse Hogan went down. But Purple went hard on him. He was like, Jesus Christ, like you guys have been crying out for power forward since Matthew Pavlich. You've got the chance to get the deal done. And now you're going to be playing all ducks and drakes and turning your nose up at Jesse Hogan. Just get the deal done. But is that the way to negotiate, to just get the deal done? Shouldn't they be playing ducks and drakes? I mean, I would assume that you're allowed to negotiate in whichever way you negotiate. Yeah. And if your negotiation is you're asking for too much and this is over and we're walking away from the table so they know you're serious... So then that's a okay negotiation technique. Yeah, why does it like work Dave for Hughes- Adrian Dorito, but not for um, Tyrion Lannister? Well, D- Dave Hughes said to me once that he like, we were talking about how long he'd done breakfast radio for. And he goes, well, I tried to quit three years in a row, but they thought it was a negotiation tactic. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm like, no, no, I'm quitting next year. And they go, okay, we'll give you more money. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 seriously, I just want to quit the radio. And they're like... Here's some more money. And then eventually they gave him enough money that he didn't want to quit anymore. <laughs> so that's a that's an okay negotiating tactic. Um, I think that Fremantle, uh, what they said at the time was that they had finished doing their due diligence on Jesse Hogan. So that either means that they had completed their due diligence and they were in a position to make a decision one way or the other. Like he's worth it, but he's worth this much. Mm. Like it's like going to inspect a house, right? You go and inspect the house, you get it checked out, and you go, okay, if we go to an auction, this is how much that I would pay for this house, right? And if it goes over that price, you're like, well, it's not worth it at that price. I've set the price that we think it's worth it. Mm. We've done our due diligence. Or it kind of sounded like they'd been doing their due diligence and they've discovered a few things that they didn't want to dig into any further. And they're just like, you know what? We're done with the due diligence. Don't ask a question that you don't want to hear the answer to. Due diligence done. Yeah, but what was the asking price from Melbourne initially for Hogan? Was it two first rounders? Um, Must have been. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, There was something like... Just hang on for a second. My dogs are going crazy. Okay. Uh, so how would you assess this in cups, Will? They get in a power forward, a dependable midfielder forward, a speedster on the wing, and, and a ruckman. Not bad. I mean, apart from the fact that they've lost Lockie Neal, mm. who, you know, obviously losing a twice best and fairest doesn't you know, seem like a good result. I've got to feel like they're more chance to win games with the team that they have now than with yeah. the team that they had. Like, like Rory Lobb, could be anything. Like, and maybe he'll end up being like one Jesse of those sort of cosy types. Jesse where, White. Oh, yeah, he'll Jesse, be Jesse White. White. Where, 
Yeah, where we retire him prematurely. And there was a, and there was the a photo of him on the AFL website that I almost did a screen grab on and posted onto the Two Guys One Cup Facebook page because his head is very small. Like I don't I know he's got those extra long arms, and there was a photo of him standing the mark with his arms up by his head. So maybe the giant arms made his head look even smaller. But his arrival to uh, Danaher in terms of small heads. Yeah, he, he, he definitely has a touch of the shrinky dink head. Yeah, like some <laughs> like when he was a kid, like someone accidentally put his head in the oven just for a second. Uh, at least there's three players whose names I recognise. So next year for two guys, one cup, we can talk about Nat Five, Aaron Sandlands, Reese Conker, Jesse Hogan, and Rory Lobb. Yeah, we, yeah, it's added so many players to the Fremantle roster we've heard of. I now mean, we, this is a big win for our podcast. That's, yeah. that's the one thing that I can say out of this. And that's why I'm giving it three cups. Three <laughs> cups out of a possible three cups. Because Jesse Hogan, Jesse Hogan is perfect Frio to me too. Like Jesse Hogan playing at Frio, just to me is like, yeah, now this is the Frio I want to see. I want to see Nat Five kicking it to Jesse Hogan. Uh, we should also mention a lot of people uh, sent us a link to Nat Fife's Instagram. He wrote a little farewell message to Lockie Neal, which was, I mean, look, Will, if you were an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert, uh, it would make sense that you would post a photo to your thousands and thousands of fans uh, in which your buttocks were exposed on the field, right? So for, for people who have not seen the photo, Charlie, just walk us through... I mean, you've you've kind of mostly covered it by the fact that his buttocks are exposed in the photo. Yeah, but so it's an action shot. the it's game a- of AFL football, Nathan Fife's buttocks have been exposed. <laughs> Nathan Fife not only has a copy of that photo <laughs> readily accessible to him. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's obviously already on his phone, ready to send this message out. Yeah. But that's the photo that he chooses. Yeah. So the photo, it's an action shot. It's like the ball's in play. Lockie Neal's in the foreground with a ball in hand. He's, he's, he's not on the mark trying to put somebody off a goal. <laughs> no. And Nat Fife's in the background, presumably having just been tackled with his buttocks exposed. Now, look, I don't think, like, people have been giving him a lot of shit on our website, on our Facebook page about this photo. But I think that is the kind of photo that I would have on my phone. Like, if there was a photo of us at the grand final pod where for some reason my pants had fallen down and I'm in the back of your shot and my ass is exposed, I would be sending that to you all the time. I, th- I would think that was hilarious. So I don't uh, think that's... Calm down, Louis CK. I would not find that a safe work environment. So. <laughs> but I think the more interesting thing is in the comments underneath the photo, some of Nat Fife's former teammates who were traded out in previous years, like Michael Barlow, et cetera, et cetera, are commenting that... Where was our message when we got traded? And I think the yeah, answer well, is simple. Yeah. Nat Fife did not know your names. <laughs> he didn't know who any of you are. In fact, the entire recruiting policy of Fremantle this season has been they went through the AFL available players and they asked Nat Fife what names he recognized. <laughs> and then they just went after those guys. Uh, also, maybe Nat Fife didn't have a photo of him playing with Michael Barlow where Nat Fife's beautiful buttocks had been exposed <laughs> and it was an opportunity for him to share it on his Instagram. What was the AFL verdict? Uh, eight out of ten AFL verdict. New head of football, uh, Peter Bell, replaced one feather with two feathers in his cap. 
because uh, this was the big running theme of the week. If he could keep Lockie Neal, it'd be a feather in his cap. And then everybody you know, got onto this language like it was the most hilarious thing of all time and decided to riff on this whole feather in the cap thing, which I did not think was anywhere near as amusing as they all seemed to be finding it. Yeah, um, what was, on explain day, that joke, joke to me. Well, so Peter Bell said if he could keep Lockie Neal, it would be a real feather in his cap. And everyone seemed to find that hilarious. Like, oh, what a quaint expression. Whereas I was like, that's like a normal expression. People say that all the time. All the time. But they were making it out like, oh, look at how wacky he is. A feather in his cap. Imagine such a thing. A man wearing a cap and a feather. Well, I say good day to you, Peter (laughs) Bell. Um, So two feathers in his cap. On day one, Ironically, I say good day to you, Peter Bell, is a much more pretentious statement than feather in the cap. <laughs> on day one, I know who the bell tolls for, and it tolls for thee, <laughs> feather cap wearer. J- accuse. Uh, <laughs> bell said, it would be a feather in my cap to retain Neil. While the dual best and fairest departed, the Dockers were able to land Hogan and Lobb while moving it back from pick 5 to 14 and gaining a valuable second-round pick. The decision to send a press release all but calling off the Hogan pursuit might need a rethink into the future. Really? Why? Why? They got I don't their understand. I just don't understand that rewriting of that moment. They got the guy they yeah, wanted. it worked. So why is it a problem saying that they were out of it for a while? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was flummoxed by that. And it was also the aggression and the disdain... In, I mean, maybe it's just the Victorian footy journalists, but there was just this real kind of attitude of like, oh, fucking flaky Frio. I'm like, this is what Adrian Dorito does all the fucking time. And yeah. you love him. You think he's awesome at it. And then Frio does it. And you're like, oh, flaky Frio. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I, I agree. It's a clear uh, case of double standards, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we're so surprised on this podcast when the other person laughs. Like, what are you laughing at? <laughs> What about this do you find amusing? Even we well, don't no. know what's amusing about it. I just it. saw Mike Hal posted something and I thought maybe it was a photo of Nat Fife's buttocks or something like that. Oh. <laughs> okay, Geelong in Luke Dalhouse, Nathan Kruger, uh, son of Freddie, um, who we know in the mm-hmm. 80s uh, terrorised teens with his razor blade glove. Yeah, well, he went home under the father-son rule, didn't he, Nathan? Yeah. Gary Rowan uh, picks 59 and 30 out Lincoln McCarthy George Holland Smith who I believe was on Gilligan's Island (laughs) what I will say with the professor the captain (laughs) yeah anyway go on they have got rid of three of the most kind of fancy sounding names on their list yeah definitely they have got rid of Lincoln Lincoln McCarthy McCarthy, George George Holland Smith Smith, and Jackson Jackson Thurlow the third (laughs) <laughs> uh okay well considering i don't know who any of their outs are but i know who two of their ins are i'm gonna say it's a slight win for geelong i'm gonna say two cups yeah i would say the same like i oh, look holland smith's not a bad player i don't think like has potential i think all those three outs are p- people who might find success at other clubs Gary Rowan, as we all know, has had some real personal tragedy and some tough injuries, but he could be, he could still be a superstar player or at no, least no, a superstar. No, no. Well, he could a, be a, he could I mean be a is, good player. An enigmatic superstar, perhaps he could still be. Yes, yeah. Like he could still do those superstar yeah. things. Would you say mercurial? 
he has still got plenty of mercurial upside, is what I would say. Um, Nathan Kruger, and yeah, Dalhouse. Like I am a Luke Dalhouse fan. I uh, I was disappointed to see him go. He hasn't played the best footy in the last you know, a couple of years, but he was instrumental in our premiership year. He's still got a lot of footy left in him. Um, yeah, I hope he'll be, I, I hope like Higgins, he'll go to Geelong and have a, a really, you know, solid career, I hope. Will he grow the dreads back? You know, he's down near Torquay. He probably surfs. Get the dreads back. Maybe that's actually why he went. Yeah. He was like, where are they going to let me have dreads? Tried to get to Fremantle. Decided yeah. to go to Geelong. Well, that's his first mistake. He should have gone to WA. We all know their haircuts are about 15 years behind the rest of Australia. Well, maybe Nathan Kruger has moved to Geelong because it's the only town in uh, all of Australia that doesn't have an Elm Street. <laughs> and, like, he was so sick of when he had a terrible game hearing, like, the headline Nightmare on Elm Street. He was like, well, I'm going to a city that just doesn't have an Elm Street. Uh, the verdict written by Mitch Cleary demanded the farm for Kelly weren't oh that's something we should probably talk about I mean like he so clearly wants to get home obviously he's going to go home next year it's a bit like the NRL situation where they do free agency mid-season and you know that the player wants to go like I think it would be hard as a Geelong supporter to support to be a fan of his next year knowing that as soon as his contract's up he's on the first plane back to WA uh, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because it was for family reasons, but not to Frio. Yeah. I want to go back to Western Australia for family <laughs> reasons. I love my family so much, I'll go and play with the reigning premiers on $600,000 a year for five years. Uh, what's that? There's another club down the road. Nope, nope, not interested. <laughs> not don't interested. My, don't love my family that much. You know what I don't like? Caps with bloody feathers in them. It's bloody nonsense. Nobody knew my name a year ago. I'm not going to another club where the best player doesn't know my name. <laughs> Demanded the farm for Kelly, weren't offered it, but ultimately retained one of the best first-year players of the competition. While the Cats will lose Kelly in 12 months' time, keeping him on a base salary while in the finals race will prove a good business for 2019. Luke Dalhouse costs nothing, and along with Gary Rowan, provides speed to a side that lacks serious forward pressure in 2018. Were able to hold on to pick 11, giving Stephen Wells only his second first-round draft pick in the past five seasons. Seven out of ten. Uh, I'm going to give it, I think I said two cups. Two cups. Yeah, I think that the, um, the big one here for these guys is, like, I reckon it's great that they kept Kelly. And I reckon now what they'll end up doing is they'll just do everything they possibly can to make sure he doesn't go back to Western Australia He's again gonna next go. year. He's going to go. Well, the problem is, like, of course you wanted to go this year because it's he's the greatest deal of all time. Mm. They've plucked him out of nowhere. They've paid him $85,000 base salary first year, and he's on, like, essentially $200,000 you know, for this next season. And he's a $500,000, $600,000 a year player if he continues the form that he has. So, like, for Geelong, I think if you're a fan of Geelong, when he's playing for you next year, you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to play for West Coast next year. But you know what? The value. Yeah. Just look at this value. Look at all this value we're getting. Uh, okay, now you can do the next team because I know how much you love the Gold Coast. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns uh, in Corey Ellis. Wow. Aurora Coriolis. Uh, in Anthony Miles. I yes. would walk 500 Anthony Miles. Uh, in George Holland Smith. Amazing. In, in Jack Humpsch. What? Uh, no, that's, not a, that's not a real name. You need a Jack vowel Humpsch. in between your B and your S and your CH. Humpsch. Uh, Humpsch. And picks three, six, 
2019 first round pick, 2019 third round pick, 2019 third round pick. Out. Tom Lynch. No loss. Captain. Out. Stephen May. Whatever. Co-captain. Out. <laughs> Speaking of guys who don't have enough vowels in their names. <laughs> out. Cade Kolodajny. Uh Aaron Hall. Jack Scrimshaw. Picks 1932, <laughs> 41, 44, 59, 68, 77, 2019 second round pick, 2019 third round pick, what 2019 happened? third round pick, 2019 fourth round pick, 2019 fourth round pick. This is how bad the Gold Coast Suns are going, Charlie. Even future picks don't want to play for them. Like Tony, it's like Tony Cochran <laughs> forgot to lock the gates at Carrara or wherever they are. And these players just escaped. Someone left a ladder out by the James rooms and they just jumped the fence. Well, actually, there's been some uh, good news for the Gold Coast Suns, I've heard, Charlie, because um, they've got a, apparently a new sponsor on board yes. uh, for this next season. And um, it is a major international uh, company, Caterpillar, mm. they're called. And they're going to make Caterpillar the theme of the season. You know, like, I mean, a Caterpillar, you know, it's a lot of legs that have to work in tandem to make this one machine work. And then they get Caterpillar to sponsor their brand. And even more importantly, what they can do is they can go down to Caterpillar and get a whole bunch of free bulldozers <laughs> and then use them to bulldoze the, what's left of this operation and the Gold Coast itself into the ocean. Oh, man, can you imagine being one of these top five draft picks that you're just like, oh, God. Like, what if I go to the West Coast? Well, you know, apart from the Adelaide players who are desperate to leave schoolies. Like, if you're a Melbourne guy or, or from New South Wales or, like, you know, a good place, <laughs> you'd just be spewing. Um, yeah, it seems unfair at the moment to send kids up there. You know, I mean, this is the thing why I think most of us are like, you know, like, to lose both their captains, to have co-captains and both of them leave your club, like, a year after your other captain left your club, it's just... Well, there was some it, it's uh, not a great infographic sign. they put up from two years ago, their best and fairest, top ten at their best and fairest, and it was like eight or nine of their top ten best and fairest no longer play there. I mean, this is... It's... Yeah, it's dire. It's dire. So, I give them half a cup. Yeah, I'm going to give them um, one cup. You know, you know what? They brought in... Nope. I'm actually, I'm going to take that cup away. <laughs> zero <laughs> like cups. It was like, zero cups. The Gold Coast don't even have a fucking cup. You don't think uh, Anthony Miles is going to turn things around? I mean, look, I, I think that Ellis and Miles are straight swaps for Lynch and May, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Homsch is a Cade Collar-Jasney type in that they both have... Pretty hard to pronounce and spell sentence. final names. <laughs> but, you know, I've always thought that a homsh is a poor man's college, uh, That is, I can't even listen to you say it. It sounds painful in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jack Scrimshaw, which I believe is some kind of alcohol. Can you imagine that, uh, Alan Richardson you, trying Cochran to say... sells out of his boot. Alan Richardson with his, oh, yeah, no, no, you're trying to say like... I mean, he'd be spitting, sending spit everywhere if he was trying to say, yeah, yeah, Jack Homsch. Jack Hobbs, college That's why we didn't draft him. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Yeah, Carl, uh, yeah, Cade, <laughs> Just, Richo, Richo, slow down. 
going to have to bring umbrellas to the press in the front row. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Uh, Jack Hobby. <laughs> uh, what did... Uh, oh, here we go. Verdict, according to Mark McGowan. As above, losing co-captains and star bookends, Lynch and May was a sledgehammer result to their fortunes. There is no spinning that into a positive. The Suns were happy to move on Scrimshaw, Hall and Collegesney. Didn't get much in return. What Gold Coast did do well after a bad situation was load up on attractive draft picks and now have three inside the top six. On top of bringing in seven players. Solid citizens, Alice, Miles, Hall and Smith and Homsch. Uh, Loom as seniors regular, uh, while uh, mature age assistants, uh, Picks, Corbett, Burgess and Collins could make immediate impact. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, that's who's going to turn your side around. Corbett, Burgess and Collins. <laughs> yeah, the world's most boring accountancy firm. <laughs> GWS in Picks 9, 11, 19, 2019 first round, 2019 second round, 29 fourth round pick. I mean, isn't that just another year at the trade table for GWS? Like... That's what they expect, isn't it? Like they get like a couple of first and second rounders every year. That's no surprise to them. Out. Lobb, nope. Scully, Setterfield, Dylan Shield picks 14, 47, 71, and 2019 second round pick. Uh, where do you place this? I mean, they had salary cap issues, so they're extenuating circumstances. But they lost, I mean, they lost Lobb, Shield, and Scully. Scully negligible on... You know, he might he might be carrying an injury or two. But even losing Shield and Lobb, and then next year, if they lose Kelly and Coniglio, it's, it's scary times. It's scary times for DWS supporters. I don't think so. No? I've got a different theory on this. Okay. I just think that they continue to pick up so many, like, you know, high kind of first-round draft picks in relation to... So they have this never-ending... They're not like one of those teams that finishes in the top four or the top six and then never gets a decent bite at the draft because they they trade out these players all the time. I think that there is just they naturally bring in some younger ones and I think their mix is actually going to get better. It's the everlasting, at the moment, everlasting gobstopper right. of uh, draft picks. But I think at the moment the problem is the profile of their list. Like they have all these superstars, but they all kind of in the similar sort of two or three year age bracket. What you need is a few of them to stay, obviously at GWS, and then suddenly be those players who are 29 and 30, but came through as like high draft picks. Mm. You don't need all of them. You just need a few. Then you need that next generation. You know, if you if they keep Whitfield and he turns into your absolute best player and he comes into his prime, some of those older guys, you know, your Wards and Davis, they become your old, but you've suddenly got all these like younger draft picks that you kind of bring through. I think part of their problem was that they had all these kids who were used to being guns, all basically the same age. Whereas what they need to do is that just kind of get it a draft, a profile that means that they're a bit more mixed and yeah. they're going to be okay. And what they've done a really good job at is they constantly get rid of these people, but because they're such good players, like a Dylan Shield of them is going to make a difference, but they do have another three or four players who could step into that Dylan Shield hole and maybe with that opportunity be ready to become a player as good as Dylan Shield, whereas these other clubs are willing to play overs for like a Dylan Shield because you know the player that you're getting and you know how much you'll improve your system. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't agree. <laughs> I reckon it's precarious times. I'll see what happens. I mean, the problem with all those draft picks, it's a, is they're all they're all speculative. Like if if they've got a, they've got had a pretty good system and they've developed really well so far. If that system stays unchanged, then fantastic. But 
if you think about the way these players, these current crop of superstars came in, it was like they had like a Kevin Sheedy and they had a lot more support. And I don't know. I, I'm not discounting your theory, but I would be nervous. If I was if I, I was GWS supporter, I'd be nervous. I, I don't reckon they've lost a lot here. Okay. Dylan Shields the best of them, but he's not their best midfielder. You know, mm. probably he's probably only you know their sort of fourth or fifth, right? Yeah, uh, best um, midfielder. So yeah, but he's I'm one talking, of those things. I'm, I'm I'm also thinking to next year as well when they could lose Kelly and Caniglio. Then they've lost three of their best right. midfielders. They could, right? They could, yeah. but they don't necessarily are going to do that. No. And what they've lost here is they've lost Shield, who is. One of their best players, but not their best player by any means. Yeah. They've lost Tom Scully, who at his best is a superstar, but they haven't had for a whole season and his ankle might be like, I think half of his, like, I think pretty much his knee underneath, he doesn't have anymore. He's a pirate. He's going to play next season at Hawthorne <laughs> with like leg. a wooden stick, apparently, yeah. and an eye patch. Yeah. Still might be good. The Hawthorne medical staff uh, saw Tom Scully. He now has one wooden leg and an eye patch, and the Hawthorne medical staff have trusted their system to get him back playing. <laughs> Um, but, um, you know, Scully on, on big money, uh, have to clear him out. Lob always promised a lot, but has never managed to be the player that he really, really should be. Y- yeah. You're going to miss Shield. You're going to get Setterfield off your list who was like, you know, worth a whole bunch of money Setterfield, um, and wasn't playing. So I don't, I don't reckon this is a bad one for GWS. Okay. So, uh, Nick Bowen writes, the Giants entered the trade period in no win position is had to shave at least 1.5 million off their salary cap. That reality meant they lost two of their best midfielders in Shield and Scully and their number one Ruckman in Lobb and 2016's number five draft pick, Will Settlefield. The Giants also made the best of a bad situation, most notably calling Essendon's bluff to get first two round picks for Shield, first two first round picks for Shield, while the called part with Scully was also calculated one given the serious concerns over his ankle. GWS's strategy was also aimed at putting itself in a stronger position to re-sign stars such as Josh Kelly, Stephen Coniglio and Nick Haynes, who came out of contract at the end of next year. Um, okay, what are you yeah. giving the, to the Giants? Uh, I'm going to give them uh, three cups. This is a three What? Cup. Get yep. out of town. I'm going to give them two cups. <laughs> Hey, can we take a little break for a second? I've just got to um, run something down to Jem. So, alphabetically, Charlie, the next team that we've got to talk about here is the Hobart, De- Hobart Devils. <laughs> yeah, oh, fucking hell. Well, seriously, like, why are just Hawthorne? Like, I mean, I know they didn't win the premiership this year, but you still... If you were buying stocks in a company, if AFL football teams were companies and you were buying stocks in one, yeah, you'd buy stocks in Hawthorne. Yes, right. You just you can just trust them. Yeah. They just get shit done, even when they shouldn't get shit done. There were, you know the actor Army Hammer, like uh, the Lone Ranger, uh, Social Network, good-looking, waspish kind of young actor, heir to the Arm and Hammer fortune. There was a photo of. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a see. I always thought that was like I was like, oh, geez, he must be so sad that his name <laughs> sounds so much like Arm and Hammer. I didn't realize that he was actually. They called their kid Army Hammer. Yeah, but there oh, is a fo- the there was a so. photo of he was arrested uh, a few years ago, I think, for like weed possession or something before it was like legal in California or something. And the mugshot is a dude sitting there with a look on his face, which is like, 
this is fine. Like, I'm used to things working out for me. This is fine. I know I've got a profile and this is going to be in the papers, but this is fine. That is what Hawthorne is like. Hawthorne is fine. Like, they have drafted a guy, Tom Scully, that most people are like, well, this is odd. You know, like they let him go for like pick 56 or whatever it is. But you just get the feeling that this is going to work out for Hawthorne, don't you? Like, you just get the feeling that things just... They're like the equivalent of an AFL's cat. Not Geelong, ironically, but Hawthorne always land on their feet. They really just... Just when you think they're gone, they're just back in it again. Yep. Like, you just go... I mean, you, like, you go into this trade period as Hawthorne and you go, what are they going to do? And they just fucking did it again. Like, Tom Scully... I think their medical team down there think that they used to work on the $6 billion man because they think they can rebuild anyone. Yeah. They're, they're like, they're the block of doctors. Like, they're the ones who are just going, you bring us a rundown fucking apartment building and we will turn it into something really, really valuable again. Yeah. Like, Tom Scully, if they can get him back, um, yeah, if they can get Tom Scully back to his full form, I mean, that's, you know, that's he's an A-grade superstar. And, you know, the thing you hear about Tom Scully is no more professional player in the AFL. So they get that thing of just, if nothing else, they've got a guy in rehab for a year teaching other people in rehab how to look after themselves when they're in rehab. Yeah. And, I mean, look, the, the jury is out on Jaeger O'Meara, whether or not that has paid off, because it was two years out of the game before he played, you know, something like 17 games this year or whatever. But still, it doesn't matter. Because in the time that, you know, the, your opposition's putting into Tom Scully at a half-fit Tom Scully, then meanwhile, Alistair Clarkson has been developing a couple of other young guys you've never heard of to turn them into, like, superstar wingmen. So whatever happens, Hawthorne will be fine, and it's annoying. Oh, yeah. Scrimshaw will suddenly be a superstar player. They'll turn him into a superstar. Yeah. Tom Scully, he'll be back from injury, round 16, ready for the finals. Yeah. <laughs> and Chad, Chad Wingard will have another All-Australian season because they're fucking Hawthorne. Okay, so who'd they get in? Uh, that's who they got in, and the 2019 third-round pick. Out. Ryan Burton. So this was the big one. We mentioned him earlier. Very good young player, Ryan Burton. Probably, you know, a surprise to Ryan Burton that he was going back to South Australia. Ryan Burton struck me a little bit, Charlie, like one of those people you mentioned earlier who was from South Australia but wasn't really feeling that go-home factor. Yeah, no, not at all. He's like a <laughs> he, he is an exception to the rule, isn't he? He's like a get-away-from-home factor. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? Home was shit. My parents told me what to do all the time. Now I play at Hawthorne. We're the best club in the competition. And we have the best coach. And I live in Hawthorne. Yeah. It's like the nicest part of Melbourne. Have you, Everything's great in my life. Have you ever heard of a place in Adelaide called Elizabeth? It sounds nice, yeah. but it's not. <laughs> like, no, I want to get as far away from that joint as I could. Um, so out Burton, that's a loss, yep. but you know, I think they brought in better out Taylor Duray, uh, and out picks 1535, 2019, third round pick, 2019, fourth round pick, 2019, fourth round pick. Uh, I would say three cups. I mean, I mean, they, three cups on Wingard alone, three cups, just the fact that they managed to get that done without really giving up too much. And, and Scully for nothing. Scully for nothing. Like Scully so it has for to nothing. Be three cups. It's got to be three cups. What's the verdict at the AFL.com? Uh, AFL.com. Uh, Mark McGowan says 
sold the farm for Wingard, including fan favourite Burton and this year's first round pick. But the dual All-Australian has the potential at age 25 to be a top 10 player of the competition. I don't think that, do you think that is selling the farm, Burton and this year's first round pick for Wingard? I don't think that, I think that sounds like an equitable trade. That to me doesn't sound like selling the farm. Selling the farm. Well, that, that to me sounds like you've sold the farm. Uh, in the middle of Australia's worst ever drought, uh, where dairy milk isn't really selling for what it used to be because of the horrible exchange rate, and you've sold it for a block of really nice apartments in the city. Yeah. So yes, you've sold the farm, but in exchange for the farm, you've got something that is better than the farm. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, uh, Clarkson returns him to previous heights. Uh, the Scully acquisition seems daylight robbery on the surface, but there is mystery around his ankle. Uh, and if he gets back to his gut-busting best, then the 2009 number one selection is the trade period's biggest bargain. Scrimshaw, the number seven choice in 2016. So again, they've yes, they've swapped out a first rounder, but they've picked up a first rounder, right? Yeah. And a first rounder who's got like a couple of years in the system now. Uh, Looms as Grant. That's my thing with the, if you can pick up a number seven, like, or something like that, where it's like, Okay, now he's got two years of like getting him fit, getting him ready. So now you've got a number seven choice that you now can like turn into a really champion player. Yeah. And then um, uh, looms as Grant Birchall's successor and may even slot into Burton's old role. But he too comes with baggage. Derea was a great, uh, Derea was a great clubman and a dual premiership player, but can be covered. Oh, that's nice. A little fucking smack yeah. up for Dreyer on the way out. Like, no need to mention. Dreyer was a great clubman. Yeah. And always kept his area very neat and tidy. <laughs> Melbourne, in. Oh, so did you give your cup? You said three cups, right? Yeah, three okay. cups. Melbourne, uh, Stephen May, in. Stephen May, uh, uh, Cade, oh, should I get uh, Richo to read this? Yep. Stephen May, yeah, nah, nah, Cade called <laughs> Braden Prius. And picks 23, 28, and 62. Out, Dean Kent, Dom Tyson, Jesse Hogan. Picks 6, 36, 46, and 65. Um, I reckon he might be Braden Pruce, not Prius. Oh, yeah, that's right. Memory. Is he the guy from North Melbourne? Uh, Pruce. Yeah. Oh, no, Braden Prius. Is he from, is, is he from Frio or North? The big guy. Okay. I don't know. Right. Uh, North Melbourne. North Melbourne, yeah. He was the number two ruckman to um, Goldie. and didn't get a game this year. Um, people were surprised he went to Melbourne because he'll be number two again to Max Gorn, but he's only 23 or something. And his attitude was he wants to go and learn from the best, like the master and, you know, hopefully kind of establish a long career. So I, I don't, I don't mind that good attitude. They get Stephen May, which they, uh, really wanted. So that's okay. Um, Colin Jasney, I don't really know much about him. Do you? I think, does he have a brother or something who plays at? Geelong? Is, there's a college Asney at Geelong, right? Yeah. I'm not thinking of the same guy, am I? Yeah. There's two separate college Asneys. I know he was a top 10 draft pick at uh, top 10 uh, best and fairest because of that infographic I mentioned uh, from a couple of years ago. But um, I guess that's good. That's good. So two good Gold Coast players. The big loss, obviously, is Jesse Hogan, Dean Kent to the Saints. Dom Tyson went to, was it North? So Tyson, yeah, maybe it's North Melbourne. I mean, I think Dean Kent, fringe player at best. Dom Tyson, they'll probably miss. Jesse Hogan will miss, but there's a bit of a scully speculation around his uh, foot as well, right? Yeah, and the other thing is that I think that um, 
Oh, so they've got Jake Collajasny, who's at Geelong, and Cade Collajasny. They kept their first names very simple after their complicated last name, didn't they? Uh, Jake and Cade. Um, I think that Hogan, like the, the the big worry on Hogan is that his attitude off the field. Like right. he's obviously had a lot of, you know, he's had some illness, you know, and he's had some family tragedy. But, you know, he's known as a guy who likes a good time as well. So is it's he? just whether they... Well, that seems to be the speculation right. around well, yeah. Jesse Hogan. Yeah. They should have sent him to Adelaide, one of the Adelaide teams, because there's nothing to do there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he may like a good time, but you'll soon learn that in Adelaide, that's virtually impossible to have. I don't know why I'm slapping Adelaide so much this episode. I really I really like Adelaide. I spent quite a lot of time there. Uh, wh- okay. What are you giving so what them? what do they say on AFL? Well, what do you, I, oh, I'm going to give them... That's a, I reckon this is good, but not great. I'm going to say two, two cups. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, uh, I'm going to say two and a half. I think they've got in more talent than they got rid of. No high draft picks. Their first picks number twenty three in the draft. Yeah. Uh, here we here we go. The demons significantly bolstered their defence via May. Did so uh, sending Hogan to Frio. The Hogan deal stalled last Friday when new Dockers football boss Peter Bell briefly withdrew his club from negotiations and Melbourne's eventual return was only fair but the number six un- unlocked the May deal which it also blah 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 eight out of ten they gave him yeah I reckon that's a bit high it's a bit high okay uh the shin boners North Melbourne in Aaron Hall Jasper Pittard Jared Pollock Dom Tyson picks 47 48 49 and 55 out Ryan Clark uh Brendan Pruce Pr- Pr- Pruce did you say yeah, but Braden, Braden I reckon fuck. you pronounce his Braden. first name. <laughs> Braden Pruce uh, picks 11, 31, 62, 68, and fourth round pick in 2019. Um, um, well, look, I mean, it's very North Melbourne, this trade period, isn't it? Like, North Melbourne, blue collar, got the job done. No, like, superstars, not a lot of flash, but some good shinbonery spirit. They, 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 let's say they upped the percentage of shinboner spirit, don't you reckon? Like, if shinboner spirit is like 30, if you're consuming 30% shinboner spirit, I think this is like maybe like now you've upped the quote to about 37% shinboner spirit. 37 Are you proof. saying that they will need to have more shinboner spirit? On hand at no, the club? No, no, I'm saying less. you can't have a hundred percent shin bonus spirit. That's poison. <laughs> but you need a bit of shin bonus spirit just to get through the game. So, you know, like I'd say fifty percent shin bonus spirit is getting dangerous. I'd say ideally you want about forty percent, forty five percent shin bonus spirit. They're at about thirty seven shin bonus spirit. I mean, Aaron Hall, class, silk, Jared Pollock, pretty good wingman, could be anything. Dom Tyson, he's much, and Jasper Pittard are much more your traditional North Melbourne GOPs. But um, I think they're on the yeah. right track. It doesn't seem too bad. Their first pick in the draft is 42, so they're not going to get any young players in. But they've got a reasonable bunch of yeah, kind of young, up-and-coming players at North Melbourne. The interesting thing is know. they didn't really bring in another tall forward. Because if you think about Jared Waite, and the reason why Ben Brown's had such a good kind of couple of years is Jared Waite, when he was playing, would give him a chop out. And you would have thought they would want another second forward to make Ben Brown such a, a viable target. But maybe they've got someone in the reserves. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. I think I agree with that. And a bit of outside run they've obviously brought in. Like Pollock, you know, I think they probably need that class outside player. And I think he is a really good player. But it does feel like they didn't really go anywhere. This one, to me, feels like maybe they're slightly better after this. But... 
it's hard to pick. I'm going to give them uh, one and a no, two, two cups, two cups. And Aaron Hall is like one of those. I mean, you talk about mercurial. Aaron Hall is the epitome of mercurial. Like, I think there's a couple of years ago, didn't he get like three best on ground votes in the brown low and then he was dropped like three weeks after that like literally went from one end to the other yeah he's definitely one of those people Aaron Hall that if you could get him to play consistent football he could be an absolute superstar it's just whether he is capable of playing that level because at his best he is one of the best players in the game but he just hasn't showed that enough well nice guy Dal when talking about Aaron Hall was surprised with drafting him because he said Brad Scott's uh favors those hard-nosed work you know blue-collar kind of footballers guys who don't drift in and out of games he'd rather have a consistent GOP than a mercurial brilliant player so who knows maybe like Brad Scott will kind of like bring a bit of grit to his game and he could become a better player I'd love to I like watching Aaron Hall play I'd love to see him become a superstar yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, if they did have him, then suddenly they've got Higgins. Suddenly they, you know, Pollock adds a bit of class there as well. You do suddenly start to get a bit more excited about, like, they were a good team to watch North Melbourne, but suddenly if you had a couple of really classy players, if you could get them up and going, then they'd be, they would be really exciting. I think, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I'm happy with my two cups. Two cups you've, as well. You've talked me around a bit, Charlie. Oh. Two cups, both filled to 37% with Shim Motor Spirit. <laughs> Although missing Gaff, uh, this is by Nick Bowen. Although missing Gaff was a huge disappointment, the Roos have a good have had a good trade period. They addressed their biggest deficiency, adding class and line breaking run with the additions of Jared Pollock, the jewel in their hall, Aaron Hall, and Jasper Pittard. Former Demon Dom Tyson will also bolster North's already strong midfield group of inside mids. While the late pick swap with Fremantle leaves them well placed with here we go. Uh, 1,677 draft points, as if I know what that means. To match bids for Tasmanian Academy member Taryn Thomas and father-son prospects Bailey Scott and Joel Crocker. Oh, well, this is the other thing with North Melbourne, isn't it? They didn't actually want picks that high because they if can you have high them. picks and somebody bids on your father-son, then you lose your high picks anyway. Yeah. So, okay, all right. Well, you know what? I'm going to say I'm very happy with my two cups now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really, now that I've got further information, well done, North Melbourne. All right. Do you want to take us to Port Adelaide? Yeah, Port Adelaide in Ryan Burton, in Scott Lysette, in Sam Mays, uh, and picks 5, 15, 2019, fourth round, 2019, fourth round, 2019, fourth round. Out. Jack Humpsch, Jasper Pittard, Jared Pollock, and Chad Wingard. Picks 23, 30, 48, 49, 2019, third round. Hmm. Charlie. Two and a half cups. Good or bad for Port Adelaide? Two and a half cups. What do you think? Two and a half cups. Obviously, I think the Wingard situation was a bit like the Marcus Adams, Luke Dalhouse situation. Clearly, the dude wanted out. Like, made it very clear from the start of the trade period that was open to offers. And Port Adelaide made it quite clear they were open to him going. So, an untenable situation, you might say. So, if you put that aside, getting in Burton is good. Lysette, probably one of the better Ruckmans going around. And then picks 5-15, pretty good. Two first-rounders in a very strong draft. I think this is a two-and-a-halfer for Port Adelaide. I mean, they did lose Jack yeah. Homsch. Um, you know, it's devastating. Well, they lost Polek, though, remember, who was an All-Australian. And they've lost Wingard, who's a previous All-Australian. I, I think that's... Uh, yeah, but you're right. Burton's got a huge career in front of him, I think. And yeah, or right, I'm going to give them I'm gonna, uh, one and a half, one and three quarter cups. And remember, like they can trade on 
those picks to get more. Like they could trade a number five pick to get two more first rounders and end up potentially with three, three picks in the top 20. I mean, that is a good point. Okay, here we go. Uh, verdict. Started with picks 9, 21, and 27. Finished with picks 5, 10, and 15. Okay, to target homegrown South Australian talent. All right, well, there you go. Turns out Mitch Cleary and you are right across Port Adelaide in a way that I wasn't. This, is, this seems like good strategy. Parting with two potential match winners in Wingard and Pollock hurts their outside class, but clearing both opens up room in the cap for 2019. Gaining local, Ryan Burton, pick 15 and 35 for Wingard alone is a tick. Jack Humpsch and Jasper Pittard depart as depth players. Isn't, both that, hold at seasons. isn't that a lovely diplomatic <laughs> term? A depth player. I mean, we call them GOPs yeah. on this show, but depth players nicer. What we uh, have you on our list for is making up the numbers, yeah. basically. Uh, you see, we're required by the AFL to field a certain amount of players. To be honest, if we were just fielding our best team, you wouldn't be in it. We'd play with 16 if we could before we put you on. But seeing you here, and it's the rules, um, they were told they would not be, uh, they'd be in a fight for the best 22. The arrival of Scott Lysette on a $3 million deal feels a requirement, allowing Paddy Ryder to feel, spend more time in attack. Yeah, okay. All right, okay. I, I'm, I think I was unders on my one and three quarters. I'm revising my uh, cups to two cups. I didn't I'm even hear you cups. say three quarters. I didn't realize we were breaking it down into yep. fourths. Well, I figured that we, once we go to halves, we can go to fourths. Uh, Richmond. Uh, Richmond, in. the Tigers. Tom Lynch, uh, pick 64, 68, 2019, third round. Pick out the Conk, Corey Ellis, Sam Lloyd, Anthony Miles, Tyson Stengel, and a 2019, third round pick. I mean, the Lynch thing is just so huge. That's worth two cups on its own. Um, do they lose anything with losing Conquer, Ellis, Sandlin? I mean, they are, if nothing else, depth players. It's hard to know. I mean, uh, that, I think they get the, one of the best, if not the best, young forward going around. And all they got rid of was about 100 depth players. I'm going to have to give them two and a half stars. Yeah. The, well, the... They lose a lot of their depth. Yeah. So if you look at those, the, you know, the way that in the last couple of years, the Richmond you know, uh, seconds won the premiership in the, well, or got it into the grand final in the year that Richmond won the flag. The Bulldogs won the premierships in both in the VFL and in the, you know, the AFL. The depth is important. So you are losing that depth. But what happens when, when those guys become premiership players or you become a premiership team? That's who you lose. You lose those guys who are at number 22 or number 23 who are in and out of your team who at another club would be playing, you know, 22 games of football. And this is this to me looks like a classic example of that. Yeah. They've lost five guys who at the clubs they go to could play entire seasons who wouldn't play entire seasons at the Tigers for, like you said, a guy who could well be the dominant forward in the competition next year with the delivery he'll be getting. So... Uh, yeah, that you've got to give them a big tick. And it felt like they did nothing after Lynch. Like they just kind of then just had to kind of get rid of people and yeah. picks and stuff. But and, yeah, this is a good draft. And it's Richmond. also like they got to, you know, like there's a lot of teams that went out for star players and were knocked back. And it's kind of embarrassing for the club. But this is the equivalent of being at the Blue Light Disco, going off to Pash like the hottest girl you see, kissing her and then going back to your mates and being like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like... St Kilda and Carlton have had to go back to their mates doing the walk of shame. But Richmond have got the strut going because they got what they wanted. They, they achieved what they said they were going to do. I guess the big question is, how does this affect them being the friendliest club in the competition? 
Because essentially what you've done to if you to use that analogy you've just gone with there, right? You're at the nightclub. Blue light disco. It's actually you and a it's a, you and a bunch of your mates. At the blue light disco. In the corner at the blue light disco, right? Yeah. And you go off, you go out onto the floor of the blue light disco, you land the hottest chick on the whole thing, and then you come back and you high five all your mates, and then you go, Oh, sorry to mention this, but five of you have to go home. <laughs> <laughs> like does that yeah, we've yeah. spoken no, before about right. Richmond loving no, each other. What, what's happened is like you've passed the hottest girl on the dance floor. You've left the blue light disco. The taxi's rocked up. You've turned around to your four mates and said, oh, sorry, yeah. guys, you have to get your own cab because me and her are taking this one to another place. You can't come. We're taking this to premier. We're taking this cab to premiership town. Yeah, sorry. Um, you guys can't actually fit on the bus <laughs> because uh, we will be laying on the back seat with our new recruit. <laughs> Making out. <laughs> All the yeah. way to a premiership. So what we're trying to say is Richmond's going to make out with Tom Lynch. Uh, yeah, two and a half stars, I think. Uh, two and a half cups, sorry. Uh, two and a half cups for me as well. Uh, Nick Bowen says, um, in beating Collingwood and Hawthorne to Tom Lynch's signature, and that's got to feel nice as well, right? I mean, Collingwood beat you in the prelim, but you beat them to Tom Lynch. The Tigers picked up this year's best free agent. The 2016 All-Australian Spearhead has been restricted by injury over the past two seasons, but if he can get back to his best, he and Jack Revolt will form the most dangerous one-two punch in the competition. Fears Lynch's addition could ruin the small forward line formula the Tigers have used so effectively in the past two years. Also appear unfounded, giving Lynch's ability to roam up the ground if required. It's far more likely he will make Richmond an even more potent and versatile outfit. You know what? Nick Bowen inadvertently has set up the potential for a very Richmondy year next year. Like he's basically said, there is no way that this can go wrong. <laughs> They've got the best free agent in the business. He can play tall or small. He covers a lot of ground. Well done, Richmond. I can't see how this would ever go wrong. And now to take a big drink of water. <laughs> and then we'll see what happens I next guarantee, year. I guarantee, I guarantee 100% that putting this new and unusual element into their forward line will not in any way disrupt it. <laughs> I guarantee that bringing in a star player on big money, having broken up a very tight unit of players, will not create any uh, dissension amongst the playing group, and we will continue on as well as ever. <laughs> All right, the Saints. Do you want to take this? Okay, Saints in Dan Hanabry, um, Dean Kent... Uh, picks 36-46 in a 2019 fourth rounder. Out, Tom Hickey. Uh, picks 61-65, 2019 second round, fourth round. Uh, all right. So, I'll give you mine first and then you can yeah. s- speak to how you feel about St Kilda. Minus four cups. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a tough season when... Like, you're one of the worst teams in the comp and you're also one of the worst teams in trade period. Like, this is when a team like yours is meant to get some hope. And your hope... Yeah, it, like, every other kid at your school has got, like, a brand-new car for their sweet 16s. And you've got some old thing, rust bucket, that, like, your granddad reckons that he can fix up and <laughs> might get going again. Haven't you seen the karate kid? I mean, that's what happens. Like Mr. Miyagi gives him that old beaten up truck and he waxes it and sands it and turns it into quite a cool little hot rod. Yeah. So that's what I'm suggesting, that uh, Richo get an elderly Japanese man <laughs> down to the club to be the personal coach for Dan Hanabry. Um, so how, what cups? 
Uh, one cup. Right. Uh, look, I would say that we were on a hiding to nothing in this trade period because if we had had a better season, then we might have been able to attract a Dylan Shield or whatever. But we were always going to be up against it. And the other issue is we traded away second and third round picks. So all we had was our pick four. And then I think our next pick was like in the 60s or something. So I think considering where we were, the fact that we got the guy we went for and we managed to get into the second and third round is a step up from where we were before the trade period. It would have been humiliating if we couldn't even get the beaten up Holden. Like if Sydney had dug their heels in or made it difficult or whatever, that would have been that would have been us like picking like uh, uh, like the girl at the blue light disco that no one wanted to pass going up and she rejected us. And then we had to she go like and then we went back to our mates. They're all left without us anyway. <laughs> they were all making out with Tom Lynch on the backseat of the bus yeah. chatting premiership, premiership, premiership. I mean, the thing is, um, like, uh, we've been, yeah. like, slammed. And I, as the, a new St. Kilda uh, ambassador, Will, I'm fucking, I'm actually, I've got siege mentality now. I'm like, you know what? Everyone hates us. Everyone's making fun of us. I'm going to go on the offensive. I had a guy tweet me today, me and Matt Stewart, uh, comedian Matt Stewart, who's also a Saint supporter. He tweeted us an infographic saying, here's a stat that people don't, a record that no one talks about with St. Kilda. And it was like the wooden spoon record. And I'm like, mate. That is probably the second most commonly known fact about St. Kilda, apart from we have one flag. Yeah, we've got the most wooden spoons. Everyone knows this. So you know what? I'm embracing our status as the laughing stock. What else have I got, Will? What else have I got? No, I like that. In fact, I like, you know, understand what it is that's in your DNA and embrace it. Yeah. Don't be put off by it. Just go, good. St. Kilda had a very St. Kildary trade period. <laughs> We've also got pick four, which I feel like we will sell to one of the Adelaide teams. I mean, Port Adelaide are in a good position to give us two more first-round picks. So if we can come out of this with two first-rounders, a second and a, th- and a third, I mean, we are in a rebuild, you'd have to say. Like, we need to start somewhere. And I don't mind the Dan Hannabry thing. Like Aaron Hamill came to the Saints at the start of 2000, and we got maybe two good years out of him, and then the rest of the time he was injured. But as a player... And as a leader, he was really important for the club. So, you know, I just sort of think that's what we've, we're basically paying Dan Hannabury's superannuation for him to teach our players how to train and prepare. Well, and if he does, it'll be worth it. Yeah. Like, I mean, he is, there's no doubt that if he can get himself right, he's a bit like Scully and he's not as broken down as Scully is, Mm. but there's huge upside. If you could actually get him back to being able to run, then he's still got some good years of football left in him. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play better football at St Kilda than he did at Sydney. But I do think that, yeah, no, I'm I'm a Dan Hanterbury fan as well. And I think that, you know, he really hurt his leg really badly in the grand final in 2016. And it just never feels like he's had the time to fully recover. So if they can get him, like, fighting fit, he could, he could be a good, good pickup. Well, and the, he'll definitely add some character to the club. Well, the one thing I would say about 2019, Will, is St Kilda could be taking the big brother tactic of flying under the radar. Like, no one expects anything of us next year. So who knows? Maybe we'll jump out of the box. I mean, I, I had such a downer year this year, like, to the point where one of the publicists at the St Kilda Footy Club got in contact with me to check my mental health because she'd been listening to the show and she was worried. But I'm back. No, they were, they were doing that as a service to all fans. <laughs> they rang anyone who has a membership and they were just like, are you okay? 
It's Are You OK Day every day at the Secure Football Club. In fact, we're sponsored this year by Are You OK Day. They've come on board for an entire season. I'll give us one and a half cups. Do you want to read the verdict? Uh, the verdict from uh, Mark McGowan was underwhelming incomings on paper, but the Saints are punting on Dan Hannabury and Dean Kent shaking body-related issues to be bargains in 2019 and beyond. Hannabury is a triple All-Australian but fell away alarmingly in the past two years, particularly in 2018. St Kilda secured itself a beauty if he bounces back, but the five-year deal and big money raised eyebrows. Kent brings speed and goal-kicking prowess, which is something the Saints are desperately in need of, and generally performs when he's played. But he made four, six, and five appearances in 2015, 17, and 2018, respectively. The Saints retain negotiating power with pick four, which may tempt the South Australian clubs. Tom Hickey's departure presents Billy Longer with the opportunity to cement himself as the club's number one ruckman. Um, all right. Okay. Yeah. So they gave him a six. Six out of ten. Swannies in. Ryan Clark, Jackson Thurlow. Picks 26, 39, 40, 2019 second round pick, 2019 fourth round pick. Out. Hannes, Gary Rowan, Nick Newman, and picks 13 and 70. Whew, those ins compared to those outs. Mm, I mean, they seem... Well, the outs, the outs are better known names. Yeah, yeah. But even the picks... I mean, pick 13 and 70 out, picks 26. I mean, they've strengthened their hand in the second and third. Mm, uh, I will give this a one and a half cups as well. Yeah, I reckon one and a half. That's about right. I don't think that they had a great... I don't think this is huge for Sydney. Like, Sydney probably trusts themselves in those sort of, you know, second round picks and they've probably got some fucking academy plan or something like that that yeah. they use those picks for and they'll end up with like another Callum Mills or you know, Isaac Haney or something like that. But it on paper, it doesn't look like a huge uh, period for them. Let's see what the verdict was. Cleared on a 1 million next season with the departures. Cleared more than 1 million next season with the departures of Hannes and Gary Rowan. The Swans will back their impressive record of turning around recycled players to get the best out of Ryan Clark and Jackson Thurlow. By the way, just the sentence there says the departures of uh, Dan Hannabury and Gary Rowan alone. And Rowan alone does sound like a series of Hun- like online content they should do around Gary Rowan. Ro- down at, Rowan uh, alone. Like it'll be, it'll, Rowan alone. It'll just be Gary Rowan like around his house. <laughs> Parting with picks 13... Parting with pick 13 meant little as they've been able to bank four second round picks to match an early bid for Academy prospect Nick Blakey. Oh, there you go. That's exactly what you said. Uh, Put a big watch on the Swans for 2019 with plenty of room to move in the salary cap. All right. So they're they're pretty much taking a mulligan and setting up for 2019, which is probably not a bad, not a bad position considering the the finish to their year. Weagles, do you want to take this? Uh, we're nearly there. West Coast Eagles. This has gone for longer than we imagined. This is probably why we don't normally do a trade podcast. Uh, West Coast uh, in Tom Hickey uh, and picks 2061 in a 2019 fourth rounder. Out Scott Lysette uh, picks 39 and a 2019 fourth rounder. Uh, replace the Premiership Ruckman with a similar big man. Um, well, I mean, this was West Coast like period for me was they tried to get Tim Kelly they didn't get Tim Kelly. They thought they were going to lose Gaff, and they didn't lose Gaff. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Business as usual. So two cups. They won the premiership. Everything's fine. They swapped a ruckman for another ruckman. Uh, two cups. Two cups. Solid. A solid two cups. 
Uh, Andrew Gast recommitment on the eve of the trade period meant anything else was a bonus. Exactly what you said. Missed on Kelly, but retained the farm. The cats were asking in return. Tom Hickey's <laughs> acquisition fills the need with Scott Lysett departing and Nick Nat injured for a season. Opted not to match a bid for Scott Lysett and we're left with picks 20 and 22. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a break even. A bit, bit more than a break even. Two, two cups for me. As a kid who grew up on a farm, I really think we have to retire the expression selling the farm because farms just don't have the same value they used to. There's people walking off their farms out of desperation. <laughs> We've got to get some new terminology yeah. in the AFL. Selling, selling your two-bedroom eastern suburbs apartment. Yeah, exactly. It's selling your investment property. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the final uh, team are the Western Bulldogs. Uh, you go through okay. this first. Uh, uh, Taylor DeRay, Sam Lloyd. Uh, sorry, in Taylor DeRay, Sam Lloyd picks 27, 32, 75, and a 29 third round. Out. Marcus Adams, Dalhouse, Jordan Roughhead picks 64, a 29 fourth round pick. Huh, let me have a look at that. Um, hmm, I mean, I think you lost more than you brought in in terms of Dalhouse and Adams, but you improved your draft position. Got into, yeah, you got into the first. It's early second round, and you got two second rounders and a third round. Uh, I would say this is a one and a half, one and a half cups from me. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of a disappointing period for the Western Bulldogs. Well, certainly nothing particularly exciting happened. Like, I was excited by, about the idea that Wingard might be someone who could come to the Bulldogs and play good football, and I felt like it was somebody that we needed. I really think losing Adams is a blow to the Bulldogs. We were so much better when he came back into the team last year. And I think if he'd been able to buy in at the Bulldogs, he would have been a really super, super <laughs> is, player for it us. It is puzzling, right? <laughs> like, it's kind of like, you know, the cat in the Pepe Le Pew cartoon is always just trying to get away from Pepe Le Pew. Like, that's what I imagine right. with Marcus Adams. Like, every time training finished, he just packed his bag really quickly and just bolted for the gate. Just could not stand being there. <laughs> Every time training finished, he packed his suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> and just waited by the door for his mum to pick him up. Every time he saw that they gave him a return ticket uh, for interstate matches, he was devastated. <laughs> <laughs> just hopeful that he didn't get somewhere else. Um, two premiership players. You know, we've, we've, it's amazing how quickly we've lost like, you know, in the old days, like if you won a premiership for a team, essentially that just meant you could play for that team for as long as you wanted for yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah. Whereas like now, like we've lost like, we must have lost like five or six premiership players in the couple of years since. Like, you know, which is, seems like a lot. It might even be more than that, but it's definitely a lot because there's been some retirements and stuff as well. We've probably lost like eight or nine yeah, players Yeah, I mean, the grand final team. reunions for years to come could be quite awkward, right? Because <laughs> it's really like, wow. well, you know, we won that premiership, but I don't know much more about you because two years later you are playing for a different club. I mean, it's... Hang on, I'm going to actually Google the... Yeah, who's gone? The Bulldogs premiership team. And uh, AFL grand final. Um, all right, here we go. So, the Bulldogs in the grand final... Um, uh, Lockie Hunter. Now, well, so Lockie Hunter had a super season, won the Bulldogs' best and fairest, and, uh, you know, still 22 or 23 or whatever, and has turned into a super, super player. So he's still there. Uh, Bond and Pally, still there, and only still 22 or 23. Picken might be back, um, but had, didn't play all last season, obviously, because of his concussion. McRae has turned into a genuine A grader. Uh, Zane Cordy is still there. Um, Jake Stringer, gone. 
Tory Dixon, I think, is still on the list, but he's got to be yeah, in that final bit of his career. Tom Boyd, still there. Clay Smith, retired. Uh, Jordan Roughhead Gone. at Collingwood. Dalhouse at Geelong. Liberatore State, which was a good result because there was, you know, obviously some talk around him. Uh, Jason uh, Johannesson stayed. Hamling went uh, the next year. Boyd still there. Biggs is retired. Uh, Dale Morris, sorry, uh, Boyd is retired. Biggs is retired. Dale Morris is still there. Easton Wood is still there. Caleb Daniels there. McLean's turned into a really good player. Fletcher Roberts and Dunkley, who's turned into a really good player. But that's, that's a lot of players out of that team from two years ago yeah i mean some of them are retirements as well so <laughs> yeah no yeah yeah a couple of premature retirements but yeah um i thought this was we went after some you know a couple of big players not huge amounts we lost a lot um yeah it's not a huge i, I wasn't particularly excited about it i gotta say okay so the verdict uh, from uh nick bowen was it was a relatively quiet trade period for the bulldogs after wingard nominated hawthorne his preferred new home Former Richmond forward Sam Lloyd and dual Hawthorne Premiership defender Taylor Duray shape as handy additions. While their experience will be valuable given the Bulldogs' young list, losing con- contracted defender Marcus Adams was a blow. But let's be honest, the guy couldn't fucking stand the place. <laughs> Just hated the Bulldogs. <laughs> Just wanted to be anywhere but there. But the Dogs could scarcely have hoped for more than the pick number 32 and future second round pick they got from Brisbane in return. They were happy to facilitate Jordan Ruffhead's move to Collingwood for a late pick. Were they happy? Yeah, as long as Collingwood came down to the club and picked him up. Yeah. <laughs> when they say a late pick, they just mean a late pick up from the club. <laughs> on gum, did, the, did the entire deal on Gumtree. Uh, Charlie, yes. we are done, but we're not done. Oh. Because before we go, oh, yes. uh, we do have an exclusive uh, interview that was teased earlier in the podcast. Yeah. Because You spoke with, uh, as um, we were go- you spoke with uh, Mark Lacroix, is that right? Yeah, earlier this week I spoke with retiring West Coast Eagle Mark Lacroix. And uh, well, I think we have time to play that just before uh, we get to the end. Okay. So uh, this is how the interview went. Hello, Mark. Um, thank you so much for giving the exclusive final interview to the Two Guys, One Cup AFL uh, podcast. Uh, yes, well, sorry. It is uh, hard to hear you, but this French accordion music is a little loud. Turns it down, you son uh, of a bitch. That's better. Where sorry. are you, Mark? I am uh, currently uh, enjoying some hard on the break. <laughs> I am on the River Seine with uh, Jeremy McGovern, who has just ordered a third plate of lobsters and oysters. I have never <laughs> seen a man eat frog's legs like Jeremy McGovern. He doesn't eat stop at one plate. He eats more than a dozen, which is also how many goals I kicked on a game. Once upon a time, you may remember, <laughs> they referred to me as Mark Le Dozen. <laughs> It's weird, Mark, that you call them frog legs rather than what the French would call Ah, frog yes, legs. but I am uh, <laughs> trying to speak to an Australian audience. I know they're not called snails either. They're called escargot. <laughs> um, well, what, when did you know that you, you know, were going to make this decision to retire a premiership player at the West Coast? Well, I will. I think when I was at home alone and decided to film myself saying the C word and post it on social media, that maybe my time was up. You know, it's a very ashamed. I'd like to apologize to anyone who saw that video. As a Frenchman, I do not often use that word. For me, female genitalia is something to be worshipped. It is same magnifique. Mwah. 
Um, what will you miss most about your playing time at West Coast? Ah, well, so much. I will miss smoking a cigarette at halftime while leafing through the latest edition of Albert Camus' Collected Works. I will miss cycling my bicycle to Subiaco in the morning. I will miss adjusting my onions in my locker. The other players used to complain about it all the time. But I would say, shut your faces. The Frenchman needs to get this garlic. I mean, onions. <laughs> it's, it's onions, right? I, I forget. Ah, too much wine has gone to my head. Uh, what, what, what have you been doing other than posting Instagram videos since you, since you won the grand final? Well, Will, as you know, I'm also a cray fisherman. So I spent quite a bit of time on the boat. I have dived. I have swum. I have frolicked with the dolphins and the whales of Western Australia. But soon my time will come to return to my homeland, which is France, in case you weren't aware. I thought you were already in France. Oh, I am, Will. Can you just tell us? I'm so drunk right now. I have not stopped drinking champagne since the grand final. I, I don't know where I am. But yes, yes, I am in France right now. Would you like to say hello to uh, what is the passerbys? Hello, bonjour. My name is Mademoiselle Clark. Hello. Ah, that was Mademoiselle Clark. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better French name than Clark. <laughs> it is not as exotic as Lacroix. I will give you that much. But will uh, now, Mark? Yes. Can I ask you, any plans to uh, stay involved in the football industry? Because obviously you've been you've been a great contributor to this podcast. Will we see you in the media or in coaching? Well, Will, uh, your co-host Charlie Clawson he was very upset when he found out I was retiring. He got in touch with me and asked if I could take... Hang on, sorry. The music has changed. <laughs> hey, shut up. Get that last guy back. I do not like this music, you son of a bitch. Ah, that's better. I like this song much better. Ah, yes. As I was saying, Charlie called me in tears. And I told him, do not cry. As long as a Frenchman lives in your heart, he will live on the podcast. So I may take a forward, specialist forward line coaching role. The thing is, I do not trust any of these new players to be able to kick 12 goals in a game. Did I mention that, Will? One time I kicked 12 goals from the forward pocket. Is quite a hard feat to do. I would like to see Willie Rioli try that or flying Liam Ryan. <laughs> well, Mark, um, thank you so much for your wonderful playing career. Um, will you... Sorry, is that accordion player <laughs> just come up really So he's come a bit too, too close to the microphone. I tell him to back the fuck off. That son of a bitch. I will throw my wine in his face. Don't worry, Will. I am flinging my cigarette butt at his stupid, ugly accordion player face. Get away from me, you stupid son of a bitch. Yes, uh, Will. Mark, unfortunately, we actually have to go because oh. um, your, your accordion music has made my dogs bark. <laughs> <laughs> well, Will, I will bid you adieu. And as I say au revoir for the final time, hopefully, not the final time, but for 29, the years of 2018. I'm sorry, I'm so drunk on, on wine. I have sucked so much wine and ate so much fromage, it has gone straight to my head. But as I bid you au revoir for 2018, I just would like to say one thing, Will. No matter what happens this year or next, 
you should have no genagretrian. No genagretrian. Wow, that was great How about that, Charlie? With, uh, how's Mark Lacroix yeah. not knowing if he's in France or Australia? They must be partying hard. <laughs> that's how drunk he was. He'd been drinking a lot of wine. <laughs> because that's what French people drink, Charlie. Wine. <laughs> um, we don't have anything to plug or anything, do we? Because it's the off-season. Um, um, I, I, I've got some, oh, yeah, uh, got some shows stand-up shows. Uh, no, no, I think we're done. So we're going to end the show now. <laughs> Bendigo, Packenham, Noosa, Townsville, Mobile Legal Show. And I'm also doing a couple of shows with our friends from the Dollop uh, podcast, one in Sydney and one in Melbourne. So there's some tickets available to those if you want to go and check those out. Yeah, and look, we may do, we may appear in your timeline from time to time. Um, we've discussed doing some off-season stuff, but we're not going to make any commitments yet because we no. don't know what we're doing. It'll probably be, like, I mean, if we weren't going to do a trade one already this week, the retirement of Mark Lacroix. Um, and Nat Fife not knowing who his teammates were probably would have been enough just for a mini podcast. Yeah. So if there's, you know, if there is two guys, one cup related content that uh, yeah, we'll get together and we'll uh, discuss those things. If you want to keep sending things to our Facebook page and, you know, all those sort of things, all our whispers from the West. And oh, that's the, a good idea. Send them through. Yeah keep, keep, yeah, keep keep up with the whispers and the questions from Queensland and the Adelaide Adelaide anecdotes. Is that one we came up with? Yeah, I feel like our a- Adelaide audience might drop off <laughs> after your fucking vicious hatred towards Adelaide today. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you keep the correspondence coming, we, we may do a, a two guys, one bag episode in the future as well. All right, play on, not 15. Ball. We are two guys, one car.